Hi everyone, welcome back to the Daily Gospel Exegesis podcast. So we're going to give you the tools, as we always do, to understand the literal sense of the text of the Gospel reading from today's Mass. So today's reading is from Luke chapter 14, verse 1, and then verses 7 to 14. So let's take a look at it. Now on a Sabbath day, Jesus had gone for a meal to the house of one of the leading Pharisees, and they watched him closely. He then told the guests a parable, because he had noticed how they picked the places of honour. He said this, When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take your seat in the place of honour. A more distinguished person than you may have been invited, and the person who invited you both may come and say, Give your place up to this man. And then to your embarrassment, you would have to go and take the lowest place. No, when you are a guest, make your way to the lowest place and sit there, so that when your host comes, he may say, My friend, move up higher. In that way, everyone with you at the table will see you honoured. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the man who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to his host, When you give a lunch or a dinner, do not ask your friends, brothers, relations, or rich neighbours, for they repay you they repay your courtesy by inviting you in return no when you have a party invite the poor the crippled the lame the blind that they cannot pay you back means you are fortunate because repayment will be made to you when the virtuous rise again So that's our text today and it's a text that's often forgot about it's a really interesting one but you may not have heard uh, a lot of sermons preached on this particular text. So we'll start by thinking about the context. So Jesus is moving from Galilee to Judea for the final phase of his ministry, and he's doing ministry along the way. He's speaking to the crowds. Now, he's currently in a Pharisee's house, the house of one of the leading Pharisees, and he's just cured the man with the dropsy on the Sabbath. He asked the Jewish leaders if they think it's okay to heal on the Sabbath, And they didn't answer. So that all happens in that same house. And now we're going to get to what happens straight after that. So the lectionary sets it up today by giving us verse 1 again. So to set the scene again, it says, Now on a Sabbath day, so that will be Saturday, and no work was allowed to be done by the Jews on that day, Jesus had gone for a meal to the house of one of the leading Pharisees. So once again, Jesus is dining in the house of a Pharisee. It's not the first time he's done this. It's actually the third time he's done this. Luke's gospel mentions uh, two other times. So in chapter 7 and in chapter 11, he's dined in the house of a Pharisee. Now, a more literal reading of this uh, passage here would be a ruler who belonged to the Pharisees. So it's some sort of high-ranking Pharisee. Luke says they watched him closely. So in all likelihood, the Pharisees are looking for Jesus to make a mistake so that they can pounce on him. They're constantly watching him. Then we skip to verse 7. It says, He then told the guests a parable. Notice this is directed specifically at those who are with him at the table. So that's who who the audience is. He's using this as a teaching opportunity because he notices there's a problem with the Pharisees. In particular, they have a love for taking the seats of honour. This is what he does every time he's in the Pharisee's house. So he goes to a few different Pharisee's houses, but every time he's there at the meal, he always uses it as a teaching opportunity. So here, 
He speaks the parable because he had noticed how they picked the places of honor. That's what Luke says. He tells us the reason why Jesus uh, gives the parable. Because he had noticed how the Pharisees picked the places of honor. So in that culture, certain places at the dinner table, perhaps like the ones closest to the host, they were considered to be more honorable than others. So if you sat close to the host, you were considered to be a person of honor. So the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees in particular, they liked to deliberately sit down in the places of honor because they enjoyed the glory. They enjoyed uh, the fact that people paid attention to them and thought that they were honorable people. And Jesus elsewhere criticizes them for this. He specifically says in Matthew 23 verse 6, the Pharisees love to take the places of honor at banquets. So Jesus specifically tells us this is something that's a real issue for them. They have so much of an attachment to having the seats of honor at banquets that it's actually becoming an impediment to them in their spiritual growth. Now here Luke tells us, notice specifically, why Jesus tells this parable and who it is for. Luke has given us that information. We should pay attention to that when we're interpreting it. Who's it for? It's for the Pharisees who are sitting at table. And why does he tell it? It's because they have an obsession or an attachment to having the seats of honor. Now, Luke here calls this a parable. Now, it's actually quite different from Jesus' other parables. And that tells us that the word parable is actually quite a broad word and it can refer to various different teaching styles. Jesus tells lots of different types of parables, some which are easy to understand for the purposes of making things clearer, some which are hard to understand for the purposes of making things obscure. This particular one we'll see that Luke calls a parable is very different. It's unlike the others because in this parable, there's no characters and it's quite direct. It's basically what Jesus does here is like a direct teaching. It's more like a do this, don't do this, rather than a parable. But it does come under the general umbrella of parable in terms of story that teaches a lesson. Verse 8, Jesus said, When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take your seat in the place of honor. So wedding feasts were pretty common in that culture, and the Pharisees were invited to a lot of them because they were the leaders of the community. And they were a particularly good opportunity for the Pharisees to show their positions of authority by taking their positions of honor. And we'll talk more about this wedding connotations towards the end of the episode. But Jesus here says, at those weddings, when you have the opportunity to take the seats of honor, don't do that. And he's now going to explain why. He says, a more distinguished person than you may have been invited. So the Pharisee wouldn't know all of the people who have been invited to the wedding. He would just assume that he's the most honorable person. So he's going to sit down and take the seat of honor, assuming that he's the most honorable person. Notice that Jesus here does not dispute that the Pharisees deserve a place of honor. He doesn't say that's not the case. He actually respects their authority in society. He just says they need to be careful about being attached to sitting at the seats of honor. Jesus says in verse 9, And the person who invited you both, so that would be the groom, he's talking about the groom here, may tell you to give up your place to this man. And then to your embarrassment, you would have to go and take the lowest place. So the situation here is, imagine the Pharisee sits down at the place of honor, not knowing that there's going to be someone more honorable coming in. Then that more honorable person comes in and the groom unfortunately has to go to the Pharisee and say, please give up your place for the more honorable person. So this is quite a real scenario. Jesus is warning them that this could actually happen to them. Jesus is giving the Pharisees a real concrete warning here. He's actually trying to get them to avoid embarrassment. He says, be careful of sitting at the seats of honor because you could find yourself in an embarrassing situation. 
So Jesus has said that and now he's going to tell them a better way of going about things. Verse 10. No, when you are a guest, make your way to the lowest place and sit there, so that when your host comes, he may say, my friend, move up higher. So Jesus teaches it's much better to place yourself in the seat of least honour so that the host can invite you up higher if he wants to. Jesus goes on, in that way, everyone with you at the table will see you honoured. Or you can translate that as, you will be honoured in the presence of all who sit at table with you. So as a result, the person will indeed be seen as a person of honour by the other guests. This is actually a much better outcome for the Pharisee. Rather than being demoted and being embarrassed, if they take the lowest seat first, they have a good chance of being promoted and um, being given honour. So that would be a much better outcome. Jesus is giving them some wisdom here. He's telling them that this will be a prudent decision. Sit in the lowest place of honour. So this teaching here is directed primarily at the Pharisees, but I think it gives us good advice today in terms of hospitality and our workplaces as well. There's some interesting advice here about not desiring to be seen as, you know, the person who has the highest position in the company or whatever, but to just do your job well at the lower levels. And then if uh, the boss wants to promote you, then they can. So I actually think there's some good sort of psychological advice here about the way we conduct ourselves in a hierarchical system. Verse 11, Jesus says this, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the man who humbles himself will be exalted. So we've all heard this this phrase before. Jesus says it several times. Now in this context, it seems to refer to the literal honouring and humbling at dinner tables. Jesus is talking about the dinner table. If you exalt yourself, as in if you give yourself the highest place at table, you'll probably be humbled and be told to move down. But if you humble yourself and take the lowest place, then there's a good chance you'll be exalted. So maybe that's just what he means. But a lot of scholars would say, and I think this is probably right, Jesus intends to mean more than that here. There's a double reference here, a deeper meaning. Jesus is maybe referring to the eternal eternal life and implications in terms of who's going to get into the kingdom. How do we know that? When Jesus says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the man who humbles himself will be exalted, could it refer to eternal life? Well, there's three reasons to think it could. Firstly, Jesus uses this same phrase in other contexts to refer to the way eternal life works. In Matthew 23, he does that. Also, the very next thing that happens in this story, in this same scene, is that the people at the table speak up, and they start talking about the banquet in the final kingdom of God. So apparently some people at the table perceive that Jesus is probably talking about the messianic banquet at the end of time. And thirdly, notice that Jesus here introduces the element of a wedding banquet. He says, when you're at a wedding banquet. This idea of a wedding banquet is a common Jewish metaphor at that time for what the kingdom of God will look like after judgment day. And he uses that image elsewhere in Luke in chapter 12, verse 36, and in chapter 5, verse 34, to represent the final judgment, the kingdom of God on judgment day. So Jesus here could be talking about eternal life. If he has that additional meaning in mind, then Jesus here is teaching this. Anyone who makes himself great and forces other people to pay respect to him, like the Pharisees do, will be humbled by God in the kingdom on judgment day. In contrast, anyone who makes himself low and serves others will be exalted by God in the kingdom. So this is this idea of a great reversal. Jesus often talks about things being flipped on their head in the kingdom of God. It's the great reversal. Now, it's important the Pharisees hear this because 
they probably had a, a view at the time, which was that those in high authority in Judaism, like the Pharisees themselves, they would have a high authority in the kingdom on judgment day. That was the belief at the time. If you're blessed to have a position of authority, uh, particularly if you're one of the Jewish leaders, the belief was that God will honor you on judgment day. Jesus here says not necessarily. You need to actually humble yourself if you want to be exalted on judgment day. So overall then, Jesus is warning the Pharisees to change their attitude to seats of honor for two reasons. Firstly, he's giving them some practical advice to help them avoid ending up in an embarrassing situation. Secondly, he's telling them there's eternal implications as well. If they are too attached to their places of honor, they might miss out on a place in the kingdom of heaven at the final messianic banquet. So it's a warning about their character and eternal life, basically. Verse 12, and then he said to his host. So now he turns and directly addresses the host of the dinner, who, remember, is one of the leading Pharisees. So he says to that leading Pharisee, when you give a lunch or a dinner, now you can translate that a dinner or a banquet. So he's talking about these big extravagant meals that would have a lot of guests and often rich people in that society would do that, particularly leading Pharisees. They would do these big meals probably in order to impress people. When you give a lunch or a dinner, do not ask your friends, brothers, relations, or rich neighbors. So these are the people that a rich Pharisee would normally invite. Those are the ones they would naturally want to invite because this is the peer group he's comfortable with. So it makes sense that he would normally invite friends, brothers, relations, rich neighbors. But Jesus says, don't invite them, for they repay your courtesy by inviting you in return. Another translation here would be, lest they also invite you in return, and you will be repaid. This is an interesting teaching. Jesus says, don't invite them, because they can repay you. So, we need to be careful here. In principle, there's nothing wrong with inviting people like that to a a feast. There's nothing wrong in principle with inviting... Uh, your friends or your brothers, there's nothing wrong with those people in and of themselves. The point Jesus is making is that from an eternal perspective for the host that he's speaking to, if he was to invite those people to a feast, it doesn't benefit him anything. Not in the long term anyway. It's it, There's no long-term eternal benefit if the Pharisee invites his friends, his relatives and rich guests. Because all of these people that the Pharisee invites could repay the favour easily. So Jesus isn't saying never invite your friends and family to feasts, but he is telling the Pharisee to think about uh, the long-term implications of who he's inviting to these feasts because the rich people can pay him back. So in order to make sense of this teaching, we need to realize that Jesus is saying something like this. Any good deed that you do in this life that is not rewarded in this life will be rewarded in the next but it is much better to have them rewarded in the next life. So just to repeat that, Jesus seems to be saying that any good deed you do, any genuinely good deed, will be repaid in some form or another. Jesus is teaching here a kind of like a universal justice. He's saying that if you do a genuinely good meritorious deed, big or small, it's either going to be repaid in this life or in the next life. Now, that you can obviously see that there's uh, some connections here to purgatory as well. Uh, This isn't a passage about purgatory, but you can see that this links fairly well with the Catholic teaching that uh, sinful attachments are either going to be dealt with in this life or the next. Also, Jesus here is talking about 
the reverse side of that. He's saying that your good deeds will be rewarded either in this life or in the next. And he further says it will be much better to have them rewarded in the next life. So that leads into what he says in verse 13. He says, no, when you have a party, or that can be translated feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. So Jesus tells this Pharisee, this rich Pharisee, when you have a feast, invite the outcasts of society. These are the ones who can't work, the ones who have no money, the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. So in that society, if you were uh, crippled or blind, you can't work, and you basically had to beg. So these are the outcasts of society. And much like the man with the dropsy who was healed in this very room a few minutes ago. So Jesus probably uses that healing uh, as an example of the kind of people that need to be there at the feasts. So Jesus tells the rich Pharisee that when you have a feast, invite the outcasts. A rich Pharisee would normally never think of inviting these people. But Jesus says these are precisely the kinds of people that God wants his followers to welcome. Remember that Pharisees genuinely try to follow God's will, and he probably thinks he is following God's will. But Jesus is telling him, if you really are following God's will, if you want to be part of the kingdom, you have to invite the outcasts. These are the kind of people God wants you to show hospitality to. So here we see one of Luke's key themes being emphasized, as he always does over and over again. Luke has a real concern with the poor and the outcasts. And that's quite remarkable in itself. When you think about Luke was probably a middle to upper class man, but he genuinely uh, wants people who read his gospel to know the importance of poor people in the kingdom of God and the outcasts. So he records a lot of Jesus' teachings on this particular matter. So in Luke's gospel, Jesus says it several times, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you need to treat the outcast well. Jesus goes on, When you have a party, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. That they cannot pay you back means you are fortunate. Another translation there is you'll be blessed if you invite those people because they can't pay you back. So these people, the poor people, have no money, so they can't pay the host back, and they certainly can't put on their own feast that they can invite the rich Pharisee to. So Jesus says you need to invite them because they can't pay you back. Then he explains... Because repayment will be made to you when the virtuous rise again. Another translation there would be, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So here Jesus is clearly referring to the final judgment on the last day. This is often what we call the general resurrection. He says to the rich Pharisee, you will be repaid at the general resurrection if you invite the poor people to your feasts. So at the general resurrection, all people will rise again bodily A lot of people, a lot of Christians who uh, don't know the faith particularly well don't realize this, but the biblical teaching is very clear that on the last day, people will rise again in their bodies and they'll need to give an account of their lives. And Jesus here talks about the resurrection of the just. So the imagery here is there's sort of a resurrection of the righteous people, those who followed God. So that's one category of resurrection. And there's another category for those who haven't followed God. So here he's focusing on the category, the resurrection of the just. So the just or the righteous, those who follow God's will, will enter the fullness of God's kingdom after the final judgment. And in particular, they'll be given rewards based on the good deeds they did on earth. And that's what Jesus is thinking of here. When you get to the final kingdom of God, you're going to receive some rewards based on what you did. So while you're alive, you need to build up for yourself as many rewards as possible. 
For those who have purposefully welcomed the outcast, that's a significant work of mercy. So people who do that will receive a significant reward in the kingdom. That's what he wants this leading Pharisee to know. Jesus is telling this Pharisee host what he must do if he wants to receive rewards in the kingdom of heaven. That's what's going on here. It's a very personal uh, recommendation from Jesus to this leading Pharisee. So this conversation leads straight into what happens next. So one of the guests at the table hears Jesus talking about the resurrection of the righteous. And this guest says, happy are those who will feast in the kingdom of God. So this person apparently assumes that all of the Jews or maybe all of the Pharisees will be automatically given entrance to the kingdom of God. That was a common assumption at the time. So when Jesus hears the person say that, Jesus has to correct them by giving them another parable. So this scene in the at the feast of the leading Pharisee continues in the next few verses, and you can hear that on Tuesday of week 31 in Ordinary Time. So let's finish today just with one catechism paragraph. So this is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is a summary of the Church's teaching. Paragraph 575. This is about the relationship between Jesus and the Jewish leaders. To be sure, Christ's relations with the Pharisees were not exclusively polemical. Some Pharisees warn him of the danger he was courting. Jesus praises some of them, like the scribe of Mark 12, and dines several times at their homes. So you can see Jesus dining here at one of the leading Pharisees' house, and we also see him doing this a few other times in Luke's Gospel. So we'll leave it there for today. I hope you have learned something new. It's quite a fascinating section of Luke. If you're enjoying this ministry, if you're benefiting from it, please prayerfully consider becoming a financial supporter. And there's some exclusive bonus episodes available to you if you do decide to become a financial supporter. So you can get access to an exegesis of all of the parts of the Gospels that are never read at Mass. There are some parts of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, which you'll never hear at Mass, but you can get an access to an exegesis of those as a Patreon supporter of the ministry. And you can also get access to a paragraph-by-paragraph commentary on the entire Catechism of the Catholic Church in an audio teaching series. So that's available to you through the Patreon page, and you can get information about that in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening today. Please share this around. We'll see you tomorrow.